You know you are capable of more because you have a burning desire to get the absolute most out of life. To starve your fears, to follow your dreams, and to realize your true potential. And we are going to do that together. This is The Andy Stork Show. Let's go. Welcome to the Own Your Career, Own Your Life podcast. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I am going to share another interview with you from the archives today that's going to help you think about how to take ownership of your career, what sort of steps can you take, what are, what are the things you need to be thinking about, especially in this virtual world. My guest today is my good friend, Christine DiDonato. Christine uh, was the head of talent development at a large company years ago, and then she started a program to help companies and help employees take more ownership of their careers, accelerate their career success, and get there faster. Uh, she was running these programs for companies in person for many years, and in fact, I uh, got certified as a facilitator. We're starting to run these workshops with her uh, early in 2020, right before COVID shut the world down. And then uh, after things got shut down and uh, Christine and I both lost most of our business because we were running in-person workshops, I started doing these live interviews on LinkedIn with experts uh, to help people figure out how to cope and pivot and shift with this new reality. And so this is one of the interviews I did back in March, April of 2020. Uh, so it has been some time. Uh, so you hear us talk about coping with this shift into this new virtual world. Uh, you hear a little bit of background noise because we're on LinkedIn Live. The audio is not quite as good, and I think my kids pop in at some point. Uh, we're all used to that at this point. Um, but the meat of this interview, uh, Christine talks about how to take ownership of your career, what's important about that, and we walk through her main steps for getting to your career success faster. We talk about uh, figuring out your values. We talk about connecting with purpose. We talk about uh, setting a vision for the future. Um, we talk about getting feedback. We talk about a lot of important things that a lot of, uh, I keep saying a lot of, a lot of. We take we talk about many important things that uh, a lot of early career professionals especially are not paying attention to. And so I want you to listen to what Christine has to say and think about are you doing these things with your own life and career? Uh, do they resonate with you? And if you want more, uh, you'll hear in this interview, Christine and I both say that we're working on books, and I'm proud to say that both of us have since published our books. Of course, mine is called Own Your Career, Own Your Life. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know that, but if you haven't read the book yet, go get it on Amazon. Christine's book is called Get There Faster. It's also available on Amazon. I have read the book. It is fantastic. Uh, she walks you through her five steps to get to your career success faster. She makes it very easy, shares uh, case studies and stories from her time coaching people. And uh, I promise you, especially if you're early in your career, it's a great read, a great way to help you accelerate your career success. Uh, and then, of course, my book can be really helpful as well. Uh, so if you're into reading and to, you know, into improving your career, uh, go grab both of those. And uh, now, without further ado, here is my interview with Christine DiDonato from uh, back in April of 2020 about how to own your career and accelerate your career success. Enjoy. All right, all right. I am live with my friend Christine DiDonato, who is the former head of talent development at Sony Electronics, now the founder of Career Rev, and also a, I would say, career coach in high demand. And uh, who is not only an expert, I think, on uh, developing your career, taking ownership of your career, something I'm passionate about uh, and why I invited her on this show. 
but also publishing a book very soon on the on the topic as well. Uh, so, Christine, welcome to our live broadcast. Thank you. This is fun. Yeah, so fun and exciting to have you on. You and I have had a lot of conversations about this stuff. Uh, so I know you've got a lot of great um, topics and, and information to contribute here. Um, let's just start with like a one minute background on you before we dig in and, and ask for some questions. Sure. So uh, as you mentioned, I used to lead talent development uh, for a Fortune 100 company. And having been on the inside of those four walls, I just started to realize over the last 10 years that people, all of us are expecting more from our careers, right? We're no longer wanting to be office drones sitting in a cubicle that people really want more meaning. Um, and I started noticing it's harder and harder in our ever-changing world, especially this week, right? What's going yeah. on? People yeah. are feeling lost and companies, as, as good as their intent is, they're simply not prepared to help people navigate careers in a world where things are no longer predictable. So that's really what started my company uh, and it's been growing ever since. It's amazing. Yeah. And I love when companies are started out of demand and you had the demand, you saw the companies are saying, hey, we need help solving this problem of uh, career development, helping our employees really take more ownership of their career, helping reduce that attrition, especially at that two to three year mark where people were getting frustrated and not getting what they wanted from managers and uh, and then leaving and going somewhere else. Right. And that was costing and is still costing thousands and millions of dollars to a lot of organizations. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing is, I think a lot of companies maybe thought, well, even if we don't give all the resources to our employees that they need, we can at least see what they're doing. We we can we kind of were in touch with the culture as they walk in here every day. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like that's changing a lot, and it's changed pretty quickly in the last two weeks as all these companies are now going remote and virtual. Um, so, you know, what are your thoughts on that? I know you've been having some conversations with uh, with some people, some career coaching conversations. What are those um, starting to sound like? And how does that idea of owning your career shift in the world of coronavirus? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're all adapting in the moment, right? So there's no script written for what's happening. Um, what I'm seeing in the coaching sessions that I've done um, last week and this week are the problems we had in terms of our career, you know, navigation are just exasperated. So what I found, I know Andy, we've talked about this a lot. Um, people are hungry for human connection, right? And so companies have spent years. I was part of those teams as well saying we've got, you know, newer, younger people in the company, they're digital natives. So we've got an opportunity to do everything online. Um, and what we found is when it comes to our careers, we don't want to be directed to a, a computer screen with a you know, automated simulation. We want a person on the other end talking to us and answering our unique questions. And what I'm finding in the, the sessions I've done since this whole you know, COVID-19 challenge, um, our people now are more disconnected and they're asking me around, how do I... How do I still get time with my manager? What do I say when I get time? And without that human piece, people are just feeling more disconnected, uh, which was a problem before. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, it, it's, it was already a big challenge. It's becoming a bigger challenge now. Um, so I want to take a step back on that. And, and by the way, for anybody joining live, uh, be sure to, to type in the chat where you're joining from. Let us know if you have any questions, uh, especially for Christine, because she is in high demand and I noticed, Christine, just uh, a few days ago, you posted on LinkedIn that 
because of what's going on with coronavirus and all the uncertainty that you were going to offer up 40 free coaching sessions and they all booked up within like 24 or 48 hours, right? They did. I didn't, I mean, I know people love coaching. I just did not know how many people so quickly would, would want those time slots. So yeah. And I'll open up more if we want, if we have a demand from our audience today, uh, I'll add some more, um, you know, Andy, as I'm sure you're feeling the pain, we're in the training and events business. And so yeah. with our in-person events within a week all got postponed. Um, we have extra time. And so I love that we're doing this and I'd like to offer more coaching. It's, it's a way to stay connected to our audience and also make sure that we're still living our mission of helping people own their career. Yeah, I love that. Uh, and it's, it's so generous of you. And also, I mean, you and I have both done some coaching. It's also fun and we love helping other people. So uh, it, it serves both sides, but very generous in times like this. And there's so much uncertainty and um, a lot of people haven't even experienced coaching. So it's a great opportunity for them yeah. to get that. Speaking of that, uh, you know, you and I have worked together. We've worked with a lot of organizations. Um, you've got this great program called Accelerate Me, where you come in and help um, organizations, help groups of uh, earlier career professionals take ownership of their career. Uh, what does that look like? Why is it, what are some of the important components to helping people think about owning their career? Things, something that a lot of people don't ever think about doing. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, there, you know, I, for me and why that program came about, it's again bringing the human back to to our careers, uh, and it's not about this predictable ladder that we're all following, right? It's not like that anymore. So what I found is that people, regardless of age, really need to start doing a lot more reflection and start to figure out um, and identify what is most important to them in their life, and that's this whole values conversation. And what's interesting enough in the coaching sessions I've done since since the, the recent you know health challenges we have right now in the world, people are doing this more than ever. So if they hadn't been thinking about their values before, they're definitely thinking about them now. And they're thinking about what really is important to me. Do I like what I'm doing? Am I happy? Is my family in a good place? You know, am I making the right decisions? So I've gotten a lot of questions around that. You know, am I Am I doing the right thing? And I always go back to, you've got to understand what your values are. And most people don't think about that until we hit a time when something doesn't feel right and we realize some of those values are maybe being compromised or being challenged. Yeah, it's so important. You know, Knowing what your values are, what your purpose is, it doesn't have to be exact, um, but I know you help people figure that out using a, a, a card sort, uh, different cards with different values. And you know, all these things are important, but what's the most important? And yeah. that helps us. And I've talked to so many people about this. It's not just career decisions, personal decisions. Yes. It really helps guide you when you're faced with those tough decisions. We're always, we're all going to have them, especially the further in your career you get, the more experience, wisdom, um, you know, talents you have, the more opportunities might come your way. And, um, you know, you've got to be able to, I would always struggle with those decisions until I got very clear on my values, my purpose, and especially my vision of where I was going. Uh, it makes it easier to accept some things, turn th some things down and know how to and where to spend my time. Yeah, I, lo I love what you just said about that, because there's never 100 percent. I mean, normally we're making a decision. It's never like there's one answer. Right. There's a lot of gray area. And then we beat ourselves up for what we're losing on any decision. And so if you know your values, you know what you're trading off and you you accept what you lost. Right. So if you take a new job because it offered more money. If your value was that financial piece that really was important, you might be commuting longer and have less time, not come be home for dinner every night. So you have to be aware that you're making a choice 
right? And I feel like right now the coaching sessions I'm doing, people are struggling looking back saying, how did, did I make the right choice in the past? Because right now I'm not feeling great about anything. Right. And so it's about yeah. knowing those trade-offs and accepting them because you chose it and there's an upside and a downside to every choice. Speaking of making the right I choices. Let me tell you one thing. What now. do you need to tell me? Um, what do what do Legos go in trash or recycle? Uh they don't. You you keep them and play with them. Well well if you don't <laughs> If you don't like them, where yeah. do you put them in? Uh, well, then you put them back in the box, and then we'll see if somebody else wants to play with them. All right, buddy. So, you know, one of the other challenges that we deal with in this uh, this world of coronavirus is that some of us now have children at home, and I know many people tuning in also have children at home. Uh, and so I don't even feel bad about kids walking into my interviews anymore because you know, that's the, world, the world we live in. But, you know, the interesting thing is, try to close my door. Um, we were talking about values, the importance of knowing your values, and the, and the, there's so many trade-offs in how we spend our time and how we prioritize our time. And I was, as you know, I'm writing a book as well about career development, and I was just writing about this, the importance of being honest and thinking about how and where you're spending your time and, and seeing if that matches up with your values. Because you might say that family is important to you, but you work 80 hours a week, which is okay to work a lot if career is really important to you. Or might be something else. It might be a career goal, or I love the example you always give about, you know, saying fitness is important, but then always choosing social, you know, happy hour over that, which you can't go to anymore, right? <laughs> but be honest about what's actually most important to you and then figure out how do you fit in the other things. Yeah. And I, in the, on that topic, so in, in my book that's coming out in June, um, I actually break out the, what I call challenges for each step in our accelerate me process. And under the values, I have a great test, which is once you uh, assert you know, these are my values, I have everybody do what, what, what I call the calendar and bank statement challenge. And that's where I ask you to look at the, the several last couple months of your bank statements and label your spend, which value that each of those big spends supported or didn't support. And uh, same with our calendar. And what you'll find is that it's, you know, put your money where your mouth is type of saying that most people will tell me, oh, I've been spending buying this and buying that and buying this and say, how does that support these five values that you just selected? And most people, it's a really big wake up call when they do that. Yeah, totally. And I, I think you can also drill it down to what is your goal inside of your career too, right? You say that you want to get to this place, but you keep working on these other types of projects. Yeah. You know, How does that fit in with your career goals? Which I know is another component of this. So we've got values. What's the next thing for people to be thinking about? Um, so of course we talk about energizers, the body of work of strengths, what brings you joy, what feels um, natural to you, where you can add the most value. So really knowing that about yourself. And I think the work world's made huge strides in that area, but I find younger employees um, are often in jobs just because of the nature of an entry level job where they're not maybe being paid to play to their strengths all the time. So there's this sort of friction of, I really am great at these things, they feel natural, but my boss needs me to do these things. So even knowing the trade-off there that you might have to be de-energized for certain periods of your day to do this job well for a period of time. So energizers, and then we talk about vision, right? What, what does success look like for you? And what I really want people to do is shift from this 10-year plan or the, the five-year goal. Most people, are not that clear and then there's all this pressure and i've got to find my purpose so i have to find my purpose 
And I find that if you really have clear purpose, you're probably already living it, right? And so for the rest of us who don't have, were, you know, didn't wake up with the, I'm going to be a blank, fill in that chart, um, it's about following your curiosity and saying, if I lived my values and if I played to my strengths, right, where might that lead me? What would bliss look like on an average um, career day, you know, or a month in the life of my career? Um, so just trying to get clear on what that North Star is. Absolutely. I think that's one of the most important things. And also something I wrote about in my book is knowing that. Hang on, honey. Hi. You don't know how to make the tracks? I'll come make the tracks after this interview's done, okay? I got to finish this interview. All right. We're having an important conversation. Thank you. All right. Multi Multitasking. I got to make some Lego tracks after this. Um, but being clear on that vision, you know, when you get in the car, you put in your GPS, you know where you're going. Rarely do you start driving without having an idea of where you want to go. You know, pilots don't start flying a plane without knowing where they're going to go. And it's really helpful when you're managing your career to have an idea of where you want to go. Now, you and I both, I think, have ended up in very different places than we would have told you 20 years ago, right? Totally. Uh, and I think that's the case for probably everybody watching or listening is that, you know, it's not an absolute, it's not set in stone, you're not committed to it, but by having that vision and that direction and knowing where you want to go, it helps guide you in making the decisions. And, you know, for me, it's, it's timely, just for an example, uh, just this week, uh, someone, a pretty well-known person in the HR space came to me and offered me a pretty nice opportunity to do some work for them. Yeah. And uh, I was really flattered. Uh, but I didn't take too long to think about it before I turned it down because the work, while it was really cool work and I could have made a lot of money, it did not align with my vision of where I wanted to go with my career and my business. So I turned it down. But if I didn't have that, I would have agonized over it. I might have accepted it and then gone down. You know, there's not really a right or wrong path, but gone down a path that didn't really serve me well and where I want to go. Yeah, I mean, that's I think that's true for a lot of people. And I also, you know, there's a flip side. There's another side of that coin, though, that I want to bring up because I, I find that you know, we're, I can be very idealistic, you know, Andy, we have these great conversations and we are, I think, two people who have gone down and we've, we've taken some risk and then we've come out of it, you know, in a better place. But I also, for, I find a lot of people are in situations, right, where maybe they feel they've got what I call like a golden handcuff on. Um, maybe they are in a job that pays well. And right now they have some family obligations that they really don't want to lose that paycheck, right? So they'll say, well, then what? My vision might be to, to do something totally different, but I can't do that today. And so if you're one of those people who right now, you're just not in a position where you're going to make any drastic change, you're not going to start your own company today because your values dictate that you have some other responsibilities. I always respect that with people. Then I say, still create a vision, still do that, that ideal North Star, put it in the GPS, but then pause and look at what you're doing now differently look at it and say, what is it about what I'm doing, who I'm talking to, the brand I work for, the, the opportunities I might have here that feed into my vision? Because I think a lot of times when we're stuck, and I've been there, I've been in a job where you know I was like, this doesn't feel right, I'm frustrated, I'm a robot. Yeah. You know? all day long and I don't think anyone cares what I'm doing. Yep. I remember feeling resentment walking into meetings every day. I was angry with everybody and anyone and Excel spreadsheets and not eating lunch and all that. And the minute I started to think about, I had a vision, then I could look at my current job through the lens of the vision. Very different. I had a purpose now 
of the pain that I was having. Right. <clears throat> what can I gain from this? And I started to realize at that time, oh my gosh, I work for a brand that has a lot of clout. I have access to people that I would not have if I didn't work here, right? I have tuition reimbursement. I can take classes. I can do all these things. So then I'm going to focus on that. So when I'm having a painful meeting or my boss is, is wanting me to work late hours, I can sort of deal with it because I'm gaining something that aligns to my vision. Yeah. And, and if you look around and decide that the job is not serving your vision or values at all, then maybe it's time to make a move, right? And, and try to find something else because yeah. now you know it's not just about, oh, I don't like this job. It's also, I don't like this job and it doesn't serve my vision versus, you know, I don't really enjoy this job, but it's giving me the right experience I need or building the network. It's serving me in certain ways. It's almost like engaging in a really tough workout. A lot of times people don't enjoy it, but they keep the long-term vision in mind. I want to get in shape. I want to lose 15 pounds. I want to, you know, be able to achieve this goal, run around a marathon, whatever it is. So yeah. you know that that challenge is worth it. But if you, if there's no goal that it's serving and it's not worth it, then it's just demoralizing. It totally is. And and, and I would even piggyback on that and say, um, I, you know, I'm not a no pain, no gain kind of person. Like it's back to the fitness. I want to stay healthy, but I know I'm not going to do, you know, boot camp. That's just, it's not, doesn't work for me. I'm unmotivated. So I have to find ways that I still can achieve the goal without being in pain all the time. Right. Um, and I would say, you know, if, if you're one of those people that have, has hit that epiphany, and that's many people right now where I'm in the wrong place, I'm not gaining anything from this that serves a larger purpose, then once you make that decision, you put a plan together, right? Not many people I know are independently wealthy enough to just get up and walk out. Um, and right now with the climate, I don't know what opportunities are going to be there and not there. So then it's like, I have to put a plan. How much money do I need to put away? And then again, that job can still serve a purpose. It could help you with a financial you know, cushion that you need. And so you've got to see some benefit in what you're doing. Because if you make it miserable every day, again, without a goal, wow, what a, what a way to spend your time. You know, it's got to serve some need that you have. Yeah. And we only get one life. We might get many careers, but we only get one life. And uh, we, want to spend, <laughs> we want to spend that time wisely. Um, all right. So we talked about values, energizers. Um, we talked vision. about vision. By the way, for anybody watching again, uh, drop a comment and let us know where you're tuning in from. If you have any questions for me or Christine, drop those in as well. We'd love to address any questions on uh, owning your career, career development, working remotely, um, that sort of stuff. Uh, but once we get beyond those, it's about starting to have the right conversations, right? Yeah, I, there's even a step in between, and it's the step that everyone, uh, I think they, they, they dart eye contact when I talk about this one, uh, and that is blind spots. And if you, know, if you know where you're energized, you know what's important to you, your values, and you have a vision, so you have a direction now, the next question is what can get in your way? What are those uh, blind spots, like you're driving around, that if you don't look the other way, something could come up? and impede your ability to get to where you're going. This is scary for a lot of people because they're simply, um, maybe they're afraid to find out. I find a lot of people are they're really gung-ho once they get their vision and they're like full speed ahead. I know what I want. I'm going in and having conversations. And I say, whoa, whoa, what? stop for a moment and talk about what's the biggest bottleneck that could happen. What is it that you could be doing or not doing that would get in your way of that? And, and a lot, we all have blind spots. And a lot of people um, have a hard time 
doing the activities to get here because you have to ask for feedback. And that is such like, it's the F word, you know, in companies <laughs> is to ask for feedback. And on top of that, most managers, no matter how much we train them are not good at giving right. helpful feedback. So you've got two people, one who's afraid to get it and one who doesn't know how to give it. And there's not a lot of conversation going on that I find helpful to people's careers. Yeah, it's the same in most marriages too. Um, <laughs> <but> anyway, <laughs> tough giving feedback and having those conversations, um, but you're right. And, and feedback is, and I've experienced that throughout my career. I, It's so hard, right? You bristle up, but when you think back across your career, when you've gotten some really great feedback or critical feedback that was uh, you know, fact-based, evidence-based, it was useful. Um, I've improved so many areas of my life because of the feedback. And I've also noticed that uh, we all we all have blind spots, things that we're, we're not very good at or that we need to improve. And we don't even realize it until someone tells us. And I find a lot of people have strengths they're not aware of uh, oh, yeah. until, they, until their manager or someone else says, hey, you're really good at this. No one else is as good as this as you. You should really yeah. double down on the strength. And we don't we don't realize that until we get that feedback from people. Yeah, I mean, you know, our program has a, a feedback assessment. It's really designed for career blind spots. Uh, and what's a trend that I've seen in the last couple of years that did not exist when we first launched this about five years ago, that a lot of blind spots we're seeing with younger professionals are that people rate them higher than they rate themselves. And, I, mm. and that's a, a real big shift that's happened. So this whole thing about millennials in the workplace and they're entitled and all these things, I'm finding a fear from our younger employees and that they, they're not sure how everyone sees them because they're not getting enough feedback. So they rate themselves now lower and their manager comes back or their, their, their trusted advisor group who gives them anonymous feedback is saying there's certain things that you do better than you think that's still a blind spot. I mean, it's a good point, yeah. you know, yeah. you, because then you're, you have some power you're not using and you want to use that to your advantage. That's right. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've listened to the feedback and but people have just as hard a time um, listening to compliments as they do criticism sometimes. Right. And oh, you hear like, Oh, you, wow, Christine, you're such an expert on, you know, generational learning and helping people take ownership of your career. And you're like, well, you know, I just, I listen to other people. It's, it's not really me. And then right. and you don't really get to really dive in and embrace it and showcase your, your talents that other people can learn from, which is what we're doing today. Yeah, and that's why those steps of knowing what energizes you is so important because if you don't know that, you know, then you, you don't even know where to put your energy. And so it, it's like we don't have time to develop everything. We're never going to be perfect. So in the time we do have to get maximum results, you have to know what comes naturally. And also younger people I find haven't learned yet that what comes naturally to them doesn't come naturally to everybody else. Right. Right. That's something I didn't learn until I think I was around 40. What a waste of time. I was trying to work on being detail oriented because I got feedback every year that I was so awesome at these things. And I just needed to dot more I's and cross T's. And so I spent all this energy yeah. trying to be detail oriented. And then the person next to me who it came naturally for would laugh and say, you're, yeah. you're never going to be that great at it. And I thought, you're right. So why am I putting so much energy into that? Yeah, you and I have so much in common. It's so funny. Um, same way, I struggled for so long trying to be detail oriented, and now I just double down on my strengths and I outsource the the detail stuff as much as I can. Delegate. Um, okay, so that we've got discovering blind spots, which through feedback, assessments, all kinds of things you can do, right? And I think you employ um, 360 assessments with clients to help them figure those out, right? Absolutely, and of course, a, a quick tip is if you don't know, I would gather two or three people that you trust, that you know, that knows you well, and I would ask them, 
what do you most admire about me? And what do I do better than most? Those two questions, people will tell you, and then you just sit back. Don't question anything. Just say, thank you. Sip it. <laughs> thank you. Mm. <laughs> Sip it. That'll give you insight. I love that. What do you most admire about me? And what do I do better than most, right? Yep. Awesome. Um, okay. So last, there's one more step, right? Once we figure out our blind spots, where do we go from there? Yeah. From there, then you, you, once you know all that about yourself, you have to do something about it. And so there are conversations and knowing who do I need to talk to and what do I need from that conversation? And we use a specific model um, from our program called gain. How do you gain support? And it is a employee focused career conversation model. So it's that each conversation you have has a goal. Uh, you want to share an aha moment. That's the A so that like something you learned about yourself. Like I just learned that I have a blind spot in whatever it may be. Um, people don't see me volunteering to take on more work until I'm asked. I hear that one a lot. And then the I is input. You're asking the other party for feedback. Essentially, you're saying, can you think of an example or a time when you saw that happen? Do you have any other feedback for me that would prevent me from you know, achieving X? and then moving all the way through next steps. And so it's really a model we teach employees to say, you've got to come to the table knowing what's important to you, what your strengths are, what your vision is, what your blind spots are, because then you guide the conversation, you're in charge. And you're not waiting for a manager to answer those questions for you because most won't answer them in any way. I think that's truly helpful for your career. Mm. So important. And, uh, you know, going back to the beginning of all this, one of the big frustrations out there is that a lot of employees feel like they're not getting the guidance they need from their managers. Yeah. Managers, it's tough being a manager these days and they, and they don't know how to have these start these conversations and introduce that feedback. So when you can go to a manager and say, you know, this is what I'm trying to work on. Have you noticed anything in this area? How can you help me improve? It makes it so much easier for them. And now the conversation is not about like, oh, I'm criticizing you. It's I'm helping you develop your career and help you improve yourself, right? Yeah. In fact, I had a coaching session today that I found so compelling. And interestingly enough, this gentleman, um, I think was in his early 50s. And by the way, Andy, when I offered the career coaching, I said, you know, early career. Yes. And I would say about half the sessions are people that are over 40. So there's something to be said that, you know, maybe this generational piece has shifted enough where I think the whole workforce is feeling pain in terms of not knowing where oh, they're no going. Doubt. And, and also, you know, people are working a lot longer these days. So mid forties is still early career for a lot of people. I would like to think so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's interesting. This gentleman had, uh, I looked at his, his LinkedIn profile. He had a really strong um, sort of experience career, had been in really good roles in the same industry. And he, his goal was to become a, a people manager in his field. And he said he loved his company. He didn't want to move companies. And I said, well, what, you know, what is the biggest bottleneck? Like, what's prevented you from being in the role now? And he said, well, my manager is not very experienced and just supports me, but doesn't know how to influence. And my manager's manager, um, I don't think sees me as someone who can lead. And I said, how do you know that? And he told me, she once told me I didn't have enough bite. Hmm. And I said, oh my gosh, well, what do you think she meant by that? He said, I don't know. That was, that was two years ago. And I was like, oh, okay. So here, so right there is an opportunity. This person was an intelligent, uh, experienced person with a really good intent. Great. Uh, he was wonderful to talk to. He didn't know how to mm -hmm. go back. And, and so from an outside perspective, within five minutes, what I could hear is he's got knowledge, he's got desire, he's got skills. 
but there's some perception, some blind spot from the person who can make him a manager mm -hmm. that doesn't think he's got whatever this bite is, right? Yep. So using this conversation model, he was what I instructed him is to go back and guide the conversation. Here's my objective. Yep. Here's feedback I got. Can you tell me about a time or an experience when this I didn't have bite? What did it look like? And what yep. would it look like if I had enough bite right. to be considered for a manager? He's like, oh, like I would just ask directly what that yeah. is. You know? It's amazing. And that's how you get answers, right? But and people are also afraid to bring it up and have those conversations. Yeah. But if, if it if you don't, it never happens. And then you're in this same job for 10 years and you wonder what, you know, where did your career go? And I think a lot of times the fear, and I've had this fear too, but the fear is that if you ask, you might get rejected. Someone might say, well, you'll oh. never be manager. And, but if that's the answer, at least you get the the answer you need. To know, okay, maybe I don't have a chance here. I should move on, or why? Find out why and how you can improve. Well, and I think we're we're so conditioned because we don't know what to do. We go in and we have these uh, we ask yes or no questions. I want a promotion. Can I get one? Type of conversation, and you you get a no. So then, if you go in and share my goal, my north star is that I want to manage people and I want to do it at this company. You know, I I this is I I love it here. Um, what do you see that could prevent me from ever being considered for a role like that? So if you ask questions that aren't yes or no, you're going to get helpful feedback because you're not putting the other person's feet to the fire with, I need you to do something for me. So instead, what I coached this gentleman was to say something like, what would you have to see me do or not do hmm. that would make me eligible or considered when the next manager role comes up? Interesting. That's a really good question because then the person is going to have to think. I said, sit and ask the question in advance, put it in writing so they can think about it. Mm -hmm. And then what you're going to get is, well, I would need to see you do A, do B, do C, do D. Then you can say, great. Do you have any idea of what kind of development that would help me get there? Or I'll think about it and come back to you. And now yeah. what you're negotiating is development opportunity, not promotion. Mm. Now that person's like, oh, I better help him because he's asking me a good question. I got to give him an answer on right. that. He wants to improve. Yeah. And I want to be a good manager and a great leader and help him improve. And I also, I love the framing of that question of, you know, what would need to be true? What would you need to see for me to get that promotion? Because now you're, you're, you're assuming it's going to happen, right? There's no yes or no, you are or not. It's how do we make this possible? It reminds me of um, if you've done any innovation type work, design thinking, mm -hmm. one of the components of that is you're assuming anything is possible instead of just throwing things out saying what would need to be true to make this possible. So we want to do an interview, a live interview series. What would need to be true? Well, we got to set up the time slots. We got to invite the right people. We got to have experts like Christine DiDonato on and yeah. boom, we make it happen. Yeah, it's exactly, it's how it's how we've run our businesses. I mean, I, I'm not someone who ever thought I'd have a company. I have no experience, no family member who's ever done it. I fumble all the time, but I just keep asking myself, what would have to be true for me to be here? And then you list it and then, then you could break it down. You could say, oh, I could do that one thing this week that would move me closer to that. Yep, absolutely. We got to wrap this up soon. Um, I see a lot of really great people have joined from uh, all across the globe. All right. Uh, John Hernandez, who uh, hey, was on Friday and mentioned you and was excited. Tom yeah. Bowen, who was also at the Talent Development Think Tank, coming from San Francisco. Latanya Jackson, who was at the Think Tank. Um, I see uh, Mike Moore. I see my friend Gemma Stowe from York, UK. Angela Highland, who was on this show last week in Orlando. Um, and a lot of other really cool people on there. Um, anybody tuning in, if you have any questions, submit your question. We might try to get one more in. Um, Christine, 
for people listening to this, watching this, thinking, okay, wow, this is a lot of great stuff. Uh, how do I get started? How do I get started doing these things and taking ownership of my career? Yeah. They, that, so, Annie, you've asked me a question that literally is so relevant this week. So, um, you know, Annie, I know you, you know this. So this program that takes people through this, I've only offered in the past through organizations. So, you know, companies bring this in for their um, their employees. I've had such a demand over the years to bring this directly to a person um, that right now we're ready. We're ready to pilot a public version of this that will be live virtual, especially given the, the climate now. Um, and so we're going to be launching this in uh, mid-April. And of course, we'll be launching it with our clients that we have uh, coming up as well. So I would, you know, I would extend an offer to anyone today that's listening if they would like to take that class. Um, I would offer that at no charge if they want to be part of our pilot group. Uh, that's one way of doing that. Um, I do have a class on LinkedIn learning called take charge of your career that uses the same methodology. Um, it's, it's just that there's no interaction on there, but it does have some good activities and a downloadable workbook as well. Excellent. And you have a book coming out later this year. Too, oh, I, forgot. Right? <laughs> no, I forgot about the book. Yes. The book is, is coming out in June with its own workbook as well. It'll have 41 activities that you can do in accordance with the book uh, that will take you from everything from energizers to values, to vision, to blind spots and conversations as well. And what's the book going to be called, Christine? The book, after much debate, is called Get There Faster, the no-nonsense, no-fluff guide to getting the career you want. I love it. Um, so everybody listening, Christine and I have both been writing books on this subject, kind of taking different approaches. She's been, a, I don't know, three, four, five months ahead of me the whole journey. Uh, so I'm really excited to have yours coming out in June. Uh, and I encourage people to get that, do some of the work, jump into the course. Uh, you know, I have learned so much about myself and developed my values and my vision and my direction for my career by reading different books sitting down quiet time in the morning with a journal and just reflecting, writing things down, having conversations with friends, with coaches, um, getting feedback from people around me, all the stuff we talked about. I've been doing so much of it over the last three years. And for that reason, I've never been so certain and confident about who I am and where I'm going uh, with my life, my business, my career. And it's all because I've done all of that work. And I know a lot of people haven't been exposed to it. They haven't thought about it. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, wow, I don't. I hadn't done this stuff before. I want to dive into this. Uh, get that book when it comes out. Get take advantage of the opportunity to join the course. Um, find some other resources and start doing the work. Take a notebook and just start writing this stuff down and talking to people because there's no better way. You only get one shot really at this life. So you know why not make the most of it? Exactly. Uh, Mike Moore wants to know how do I become part of this pilot group? Do you have a a website? Do you want them to connect with you on LinkedIn? I know. We, I know you haven't really said anything up yet. Press, hot press. Um, uh, I was going to say, uh, message me through LinkedIn. I'm building a list right now. Um, we've got, I think, 40 people <laughs> just from talking about it yesterday and today. But I would, uh, what's the easiest way, Andy? I would just say a link can shoot me a note on LinkedIn and I will add you to a list and I'll send you a follow up email. I love it. You and I have so much in common. Amazing, press, literally. A, lot of, a lot of amazing things going on and always disorganized. So good. <laughs> but we're not gonna work on our blind spots. We're gonna focus on our strengths. Yeah. I hope everybody out there uh, got value from this today. Christine, thank you so much for coming on and sharing uh, so much wisdom and value. This was awesome. And I uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Great, thank you, Andy. All right, take care. Bye.